Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. You are listening to Karan Alessandra. Today we're going to be talking about Alessandra's history. So what should our listeners know about you? What's your history? What's your background? How did you get into meditation? Why don't we start with just give us an overview of your history, where you're from, where you've been. So as you might hear uh, from my accent, I come from Sweden and this is where I grew up and spent most of my life so far. And for as long as I can remember, I've been a dreamer and a seeker who loved exploring the world through different adventures. Very early on in life, I recall searching for that something, but I didn't know what that something was. I would read mystic books. I would travel as much as I could, uh, preferably to remote and exotic places. And this curiosity and drive to find that something sent me out on many adventures around the planet and it drove me to seek places and people that might have the answer to this question about this something. Then when I was about 25 I had a great shift in my life and that's about five years ago now. It was after a trip to Rome with two of my closest friends that I suddenly felt very unsettled within. I felt my heart calling for me to go and live abroad for a while. It was that seeking for something again. I wanted to try my wings outside the security net I had built up in Sweden with friends and family. And I also wanted to get to know the world in a broader sense. And at this time, I was living in Stockholm. I was approaching the end of my studies at law school. You know, I had that, you know, on paper, everything looked fine. But within, it wasn't so fine. And looking around at my fellow students at law school, I felt that I just lacked the passion they seemed to have for the subject. Instead, I felt Rome calling for me, so I organized some exchange studies at a university. I packed my belongings into boxes and sent them off to my mom or to my dad's place in my hometown Karlstad, where I grew up. And perhaps a part of me already knew at that time that I would be away much longer than the six months of the exchange studies. And getting out of my comfort zone as I did then was really an eye-opener. I get to, I felt very free and I got to explore myself and the world like in relation to each other. And when those six months ended, which went by very quickly, I... I really had no wish to go back to Sweden, so I stayed. I wrote my thesis, I graduated law school, and I did some internships there. So how long were you in Rome in total? For about one and a half year. Okay, and it was supposed to be a six-month program. Mm. Okay, well, that's really interesting. And were you traveling? So when you talk about how you were um, exploring a lot when you were there during your, it's Erasmus, right? What, what you call it yeah, in Europe? that's what you call it. And uh, when you were studying um, and doing your program, were you traveling a lot within, within Italy or within that part of Europe or kind of all over? Or was it more within Rome? 
mostly within Italy, but also some other European countries. It's pretty close for yeah. like going to to France or anything. But yeah, I was traveling a lot during this time, and, and especially with the student group, we did a lot of oh, because they have together. Yeah, they'd have yeah. like organized they organized trips, trips yeah. together, and you really become like a little family. Mm-hmm. They talk about the. Uh, after Erasmus depression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's probably why I wanted to stay. I didn't want to go home and be depressed. So I just wanted to stay in Rome and be happy. Yeah. If you've ever been to Rome, you've been, Cara, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And it's if anyone amazing. listening in, if you know Rome, wow, it's it's easy to get stuck there. It's just so beautiful and amazing. It's so rich. Yeah. It's just really, really rich with culture and with history. I mean, you you go there and you feel like you're pulled back in time. I mean, back to ancient times. And yeah. it really gets you thinking about, you know, the human, the cultural evolution and, and um, you know, how and our place in that mm-hmm. and, and, and how small our time is here. You know, time moves so quickly. You go there and you're, you're immersed in these, all of these uh, places that are, you know, a couple of millennia old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes time seem very, very short. Before we move too, too much further, can you talk more about like the adventures that you were having when you talk about the traveling that you were doing? This is pre-Rome. <laughs> you talked about your, your adventurous spirit and how you felt called to travel and explore. And can you talk us through some of the experiences that you had before you went to Rome? I think one of the most important uh, trips was, or let's say the two most important ones, because they were in the same year. I can't remember which year now, but I was 19 at the time. So it would be 11 years ago. I, um, yeah, I just finished what would be high school here and uh, I wanted to get out there. It was that mm-hmm. uh, curiosity again. I wanted to see the world and I always love nature and animals and I just got onto Google and somehow I ended up in South Africa in the lion park, uh, it's called. And so you volunteer with lion cubs or oh lions. It's not just lions. They had a little baby hyena, giraffes, anything. So you got to work kind of volunteering at a zoo and our main responsibility was to care for the lion cubs and this was really like opportunity yeah i i watched lion king like every day for a few years perhaps yeah (laughs) that's an amazing being with those lions was really a dream coming true so Um, it was at like a zoo rather than a nature reserve yeah it's Uh it's a park and a lot of the animals are used for commercials and stuff so okay yeah. so you can handle them like you can touch them and the small take, cubs yes yeah. wow so, but they what were like four, four months but not um not the bigger ones yeah and the same year i also went to tanzania mm. and for safari so that was the real experience that mm-hmm. was the wild and I had a colleague at the time, uh, him and his wife had been there and he showed me picture, he told me stories and I just felt, it was the Lion King again, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had so many expectations and images in my mind, yet coming there, you can't imagine what it's like. It's so vast and so yeah. free, so 
Mother Earth. <laughs> yeah, it's it is transforming. I've been on safari as well um, in Kenya and uh, South Africa, and it is just an incredible, enriching experience. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's it's transforming to be able to see nature, like big, big nature, in that vastness and in that. Um, you know, we've lost so much. And as far as natural resources, to be able to experience that in this day and age, and and I'm completely with you. It's it's an amazing experience. I was going to say another trip that was that had a big influence on me was going to India, and I think that's kind of now we mm. get back to the meditation right story because I think I had this somewhere in my mind. I had this um, curiosity about Eastern philosophy and. Mm. I think I remember bringing home some pictures of the Indian gods, like even though I didn't know much about them, but you know, I brought mm -hmm. some souvenirs and still have a few of them here. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was one of the pieces to the puzzle. And Rome was for sure another piece to the puzzle. Mm -hmm. But so when I was there in Rome, suddenly I felt this calling again and life brought me to Australia and this is the place where I really got in contact with yoga and I started to give space for it in my daily life mm -hmm. and I also started to seek out some guided meditations on YouTube and you know I felt something in there and just as I thought that everything was falling into place you know I thought I had found that something then my life completely fell apart. And uh, at the time, it felt like a complete nightmare. I had dealt with anxiety before, but this was just a completely different level. I remember waking up and you know, I just was like, no, this can't be my life. I just want to hand over the responsibility to someone else. Here, take my life, fix mm. it up. <laughs> yeah, and there you are on the other side of the continent, or the other side of the world, excuse me, without your family and I'm sure you're building, you know, your network with, you know, your friends are all new. Mm. I can imagine that also felt a little isolating. Well, it's always uh, when you live abroad, people come and go because of visas mm -hmm. and, you know, they're there for a short time. So maybe you have close friends, but then, yeah, as I said, they come and go. Mm -hmm. There were people around, but just life happened and now I can see the reason why. But... I was very, you know, I was tired, I was angry, sad, and when we're in that mood, we usually want to point fingers and, you know, it's easy to blame someone else for why life turned out this way. And, uh, but there was also a wiser part of me that felt like there must be something I can do. I must take responsibility because I was probably into yoga. I, I figured there might be some key here and so I started to really dive deep into the world of yoga mm -hmm. and um, then I thought oh maybe meditation is what I need so I signed up for two different courses and one of them was where we met or kind of <laughs> partly met mm -hmm. we were in the same course even though we didn't know each other back mm -hmm. then and it's amazing how quickly that like blanket of anxiety and suffering was just lifting lifted off me and uh, you know 
as that kind of, uh, I didn't, it didn't go away completely, but um, I still had some life circumstances to figure out. But, you know, I felt like, oh, I, okay, it's, I stopped being the victim. <laughs> mm-hmm. And after that, like, I found something more in meditation and you and anyone else who meditates would notice um, that, you know, it's not, well, it is a great tool to, when you experience a lot of anxiety or high stress, but beyond that, it's also like, it can give you so much more than just relief. Absolutely. It can actually give you a richness. And I remember starting to feel, sound very cliche, but I started to feel like whole in myself and I felt so much more good about myself. And yeah, so since then I've been practicing meditation more or less every day. Mm -hmm. And so uh, just like you, I took the meditation teacher training because I was very (laughs) fiery about this when I found out. And, you know, if if you manage to kind of heal yourself... Mm-hmm. which seems like miraculous. Mm-hmm. You want to share that. Absolutely. I, maybe yeah. some of my uh, close ones. <laughs> I'm not so smooth sometimes when I get overexcited about things. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But still, I, I, I got out of the nightmare and now I, I'm back in Kalsa in Sweden where I live with my daughter Iris and... I work mostly with law during the days, but I also do some meditation projects and hopefully it will be more of that in the future. You're a, a mom of a two-year-old mm-hmm. and you are a lawyer by profession mm-hmm. and you have a very busy full life with just those two things would be enough, but you are managing to... Um, you kind of have your side project, your your side business Mm -hmm. starting up of sharing meditation with others and trying to be kind of a coach in that regard. Mm. You meditate for quite, quite regularly and um, sometimes for lengthy periods of time. So Mm -hmm. you're managing to kind of forge all of those pieces of your life together successfully Mm. and um, making meditation a, a part of your everyday life. Well, if I, I mean, looking at how I feel within myself and I can also see how it improves my relationships after I got over the overexcitement when I just wanted to force meditation on everyone. The passion. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a bit too much to start with. But calming down, I, um, I can really see how it improves the relationships with people and with myself and you know, it helped me. So I know it's not the way for everyone, but I know that it can be a great tool for everyone, even if you don't want to meditate every day. There are so much to get out of meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonderful. So maybe someone listening are going through something really difficult and meditation might be the path for you too right. to help you get out of that. Right. Or just to experience the really good parts of meditation. Good. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing, Alessandra. It was great getting to know you. I learned things, even though I talk to you every day. It's nice to pull back and kind of get a, you know, 5,000-foot um, perspective of your history. And so thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. And is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, thank you for listening. And be sure you subscribe. And you can find more about us at themeditationconversation.com. And from there, you can link to uh, more information about Alessandra and me. And we look forward to the next meditation conversation.